0: This is a Media 8 production. This podcast may have explicit themes and swearing and may not be suitable for children.
1: The first beer goes down easy. It's bubbly, it's sweet, tickles the back of your throat. The
0: second beer is starting to enjoy it. You kick back, getting a bit more relaxed. But it's the
1: third beer, Brett. It is. It's the third beer there where you hit that vibe, a certain mellowness comes over. It's a golden light nectar, I would describe. The pub turns into a very happy place and you've hit that spot that's just right.
0: And our third beer is a special guest each week that we get to interview and have a chat to, not only about the beer, but also about life and other stuff that men don't talk about. I'm Brett McCallum. I'm Chris Dixon. And we'd like to
1: talk about the third beer. Hello buddy, how are ya? Here we go. How you going big fella? Man, I'm having a great week. Geez, that me hat's looking pretty good it's on your It's right, Yeah, yeah mate. it's nice. No, I
0: just come from a podcast masterclass. Holy dooly. I thought a whole pile of people had a podcast. Who would have guessed that a year ago? You're a pod master. The master. <laughs> i like a guru. The wow. Gu- the guru slide on a podcast. The theater, the podcast no, no, it's a heap of fun. We're just teaching them how to uh, how to do stuff and how things worked and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, it was oh, good. Great. Good on you. Trying to get other people out there to start producing content. And I was talking about you about oh. how good our third beer podcast is, and they loved it. They loved the mix up last time when we had the kombucha.
1: Kombucha. The Third
0: game butcher, oh, mate. This is gonna, it's going to hit high targets, but I, I see that you've got a great northern in front of you today.
1: Yeah, we've gone back. To we've basics. made a comeback. Yeah, we're going. We're going simple. What
0: was the comment earlier? At uh, you know, are you back on the beers now? I'm
1: having a beer. Is that what was? I'm not off the beers, but I'm, I'm not on the beers. So, no, yeah, fair yeah, enough yeah, you, yeah, you yeah, just yeah, got so to keep it sweet. It's the old Buddhist thing. You You don't have desire, but you're not averse to it either. Oh, I'll tell you what though, you're looking a lot better. You looked a bit
0: gaunt last week. gaunt, you think? Yeah, I think it was maybe a, <laughs> <laughs> I think it was more of oh, right, maybe you weren't the, eating the right that's, food, or so you weren't drinking beer. That could nice,
1: have been it. Uh, nice to no, know, mate. Nice to no. know. Like, just I've just done a week estanga training, so up at 5.30 for an hour and a half every day. But what's estanga? I'm exhausted. Uh, it's a particular yoga sequence that you're following. Is that yeah. like hard or slow, like the relaxed yeah, it's one? Yeah, more, it's more of an intense one. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Rock and roll. Male, well, we've
0: got a cool guest this week. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward um, to it. I've this. never met him, but. Yeah. Marius van der He read a book he wrote a book called It's All About You. And Marty, who uh, we share the offices with here, has made the introduction and I'm looking forward to this, mate, having a bit of a chat.
1: Had a bit of flick through the book. Seems very interesting. So awesome. it's gonna be an
0: interesting chat today, I think. Well I'm looking forward to it. G'day, Marius, how you going?
2: Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me.
0: No worries. All mate, well, as customary, we uh, we've got to open the beers. Um, do you wanna start there, big fella? So this week, the Great Northern Brewery was established in Cairns in 1927 to brew beer specifically for the local conditions in Queensland. I can tell you what, it's fucking not any today.
1: <laughs> so we're going with the Great Northern Original Brewing Co, the Red One, which is the 4.2. I think this is in tribute to those uh, punters up in Townsville that are having Hats a hard, ha- having a hard in time. Townsville. Mate. I always liked a bit of a flood, but it's a big one up there. Yeah, it's good. pretty nasty, isn't it? That was the worst beer you've opened. Oh, that didn't even open it, mate. Oh, there we go. I'm, yeah, out, out. I'm out of practice. There you go. Yeah, yeah, let I me have a good crack. You
2: that as well. Yep. Some of the guys that are
0: coaching rugby, they
2: Man. take the two beers and they pop them together with 4
1: another
0: mate that does it with his wedding ring. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I don't think I'd like that.
1: Maybe it was a good use of his wedding ring. I had a mate that did it with his forearm once. Really? Yeah, once. I mean once. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, brother. Cheers, Cheers, <laughs> nice. ding, ding. Thanks, mate. So, Cheers, mate.
0: Thank you. Lovely to meet you. So, Marius, we both have had a quick squeeze through your book. I haven't read it. I got to tell you the truth. I got told to read it, and I don't do reading. So I had a quick look. Yeah. What's it about? What are, What are we talking about?
2: Oh, it's just uh, I've had a very, very intriguing life story, and from a young boy and to where I'm sitting right now. Well, we're
0: looking forward to hearing that.
2: Yeah, it's been it's been an incredible journey for what I've endured, and you know the reason why I wrote the book is now to inspire, especially men. We go through um, really tough times in life, and men don't really speak up about it. So, um,
0: well, the third beer is all about, my
2: friend. That's right, and um, you know, because I've really done it all. I was a professional rugby union player and published magazines and all that kind of stuff. But one thing that I really speak about is called ego. Mm-hmm. And as soon as we all get onto the same level, um, you know, we can really talk truth with one another. So um, the book is all about my journey and where I've come from you know, all the gold gold mining plains of South Africa.
0: Let's start there. What um, You're obviously got the South African accent. It's very thick, yeah. It is. How long have
2: you been here? I've been here nine years, but, um, you know, I grew up speaking Afrikaans, which is basically
0: Dutch. It's like a second language. Uh, to yeah, you and finish. English
2: is my second language. So, um, you know, I grew up going to an Afrikaans school and speak Afrikaans, and, and English was a subject at school that we, we used to do. But from a very young age, my stepmother, Said to me, you have. We have to speak English at home. You have to start typing. Computers are going to take over the world. And I'm like, what the hell ever? I'm not going to be a football player. I played rugby union. I don't want to speak English. And yeah, um, I'm in an Australian country, but I've always done business in English in South Africa. You know, it's a, it's a global language now. So um, I find
0: it's one of those like, one of those accents that they never lose. Yeah, like, a lot, I don't think I've ever heard. Especially
1: from an uh, Afrikaans background. I think the depth and the uh, husk of the voice, he might be in the sexiest voice category. (laughs) Uh, I think it it could be in the church. We might might have to get some uh, podcast. a bit more Barry White in the background. (laughs) I had um, had pneumonia a couple of weeks ago.
2: I actually picked it up in Japan skiing with my boys. And um, for about two or three weeks, whenever I spoke on the phone to people, they're like, You've got a voice for radio And I'm like Oh the accent doesn't really help it at long
0: You're quite pretty So you probably haven't got a head for radio I reckon you go um, all on TV I hide it
2: well All the stitch marks from (laughs) rugby union And all those kind of things
0: See, I try not to hide how pretty I am. Look, we're we're actually it's quite it's quite <laughs> it's funny because in the back side of the studio here, um, Marius has brought in like a video camera. This is the first one of these that we've videoed, bud. Yeah,
1: yeah. But it's mainly the back of your head. Well, I thought there'd be a lot of shine bouncing around. It's the, <laughs> it the extra know, light. I'm, just, going I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just going to not think about it. No, oh, that's uh, cool. That's, that's cool.
2: <laughs> so you played rugby for how how, how what level? Yeah, I played um, at the highest level possible. I didn't play for South Africa. I had quite a couple of injuries. I had four reconstructions on my left shoulder, broke my neck. I think after the third one you'd probably call it quits? I had you? my first one when I was in year 12 at school. Oh, really? Yeah, so um, that took me probably about a year to get back onto the field. Um, second one, second reconstruction, 98. Third one, 90 Two thousand and three, round about there, and then six that kind months of goes ago goes to
1: the heart we're going to talk about today. I suppose there's a lot of resilience there, a lot of recovery. I yeah. mean, I and like those footballers that have those clear runs and can perform. But those guys that can come back from a from an injury, they're a different. Four legion. times, and what yeah, did You, say? you broke Your neck? Yeah, you haven't got a I,
2: neck. Yeah, I broke my neck '98 on the field. I flatlined. I died on the football field. Really? Yeah, that was that was. Uh, I still get emotional when I speak about it. Um, we like to get them. Actually, oh on him man, now. it was it was a. Sh- it Do you was remember shocking? It? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was. I what remember, happened when you flatlined? Yeah, I remember a lot of small episodes pre and post. I write. Of, I wrote of it extensively in my book. What happened and how I hit the guy and all those kind of things and hospital post that and your fault or his fault? Um, it was. I was the captain. I walked up to the referee. Gave a penalty against us walked up to the to the to the referee and asked him some questions just to calm the team down and trying to buy some time and put pressure on the referee and I jogged back and you the golden rule in rugby is you never turn your, your back, back in yeah. your position and my I looked at my players and they are like he's coming and I wrote in this book about this freaking beast that we played against this day mm. and it you know, I was it was I was a I was a monster in my day and I was known as the bad boy of South African rugby because I just I was so mad at life because of my abuse and all the things I've been through. And I used to fix up guys at a serious level. (laughs) And I turned back and this guy was – and I just dove at him. And I closed my eyes and that's what I teach rugby players now. You always keep your chin up. Look where you're going. I closed my eyes and I dove at this guy and he hit me with his elbow right on my chin. And my neck popped back. I was out cold. And the video footage later was I hit the guy, broke the neck, but the body, so all the oxygen leaves, the the brain hits the inside of the skull, Mm. which causes a huge amount of compression. So I'm lying on the field, but the brain says, hold on a second, the body needs to stand up. So the video footage, I I hit the guy so hard, my mouth got 24 stitches in the inside of my lip because Mm. the mouth got just ripped out. And um, so... I tried to crawl because my eyes are looking at this mouth guard. This needs to get back into the mouth. So I picked up the mouth guard and I tried to stand up and I just fell forward and fell on my head again. And I was trying to stand up again and I fell sideways. And that's when I started flatlining. So I started swallowing the tongue and I, I lost it.
0: So who helped you? The, the, the rest? One,
2: First guy that came to my rescue was guy, Gareth Peterson. He played a lock for the Lions as well. Came and immediately pulled my tongue out. And um, our paramedics, is in, in South African rugby, there's always paramedics on the yeah. fields and all that kind of stuff, which is quite strange what we're doing on the Gold Coast, yeah. and there's not even an ambulance there. Yeah. So um, guys came, you know, people just rushed. I saw the video footage a day later. The guy that I played against, his mom worked night shift in the ICU ward that I went into. Oh, wow. Yeah. So um, I saw video footage of it a couple of days later, and I was fucking shocked.
0: So you're flatlined on the field. Do you remember yeah. in your head, like I know my old man, when he was alive, he, mm. he died a few times on the operating table. Yeah. And I always said to him, like, did you see the light?
2: There was nothing. And that's I what he said up, too. He goes, yeah. well, well no idea. I woke up next to the field and they compress your head and they put these orange pillows onto you and on the stretcher and all that kind of stuff. So they brought in a helicopter. And the next minute I, I, I looked and I saw my coach for the Lions, Hichu Fanas, he was standing in front of me, and I grabbed this guy, and I don't know what I said to him. Hmm. Next minute I woke up in hospital with just lights flashing above my head, and I'm like, where am I? What's going on here? Did you think you were dead? So that was the lights of them pushing me on the, on the yeah, stretch yeah, Lagoon, to get into yeah. ICU. And then probably about three or four hours later I woke up, and I was like, killing me guys please i called people over Then they thought i broke my back so they only looked after the neck in this in this instant but then they thought but i'm lying in a wooden stretcher. i couldn't move so you know lying yeah. like that my back got sore they pushed me into x-ray again and all those kind of things and yeah that was that was a scary scary moment it's intense isn't it hey right? yeah, yeah
1: very real yeah
2: oh my gosh i wrote i write of it extensively in my book small emotions that i went through and, and all that kind of stuff which was you know all the head knocks in rugby was a massive contributor to my depression and anxiety you know, for many years and i played and you got Baha'i's bitten
1: by the dog
0: Woo-hoo. big time big one
2: big big one yeah
1: did you have any uh deja vu i mean i've been knocked out a few times on the yeah. footy field uh, four or five times and every time i had it i had a flashback during yeah. it like oh, i kind of almost remember being that happened yeah. before
2: you know, I'm very I'm very conscious of my life and who I am right now and when I public speak and do a lot of talks and do men's groups and all that kind of stuff. So I've made a conscious effort to go back to all these episodes and go and clean them up. They will never go away. These scars on my shoulder and scar on my neck, that's never going to go away. They're going to be there forever. But I'm very conscious and aware of those things and what I do post that. So, um, you know, I, I – I, know, my mom's death and molestation and all those kind of things, I'm very aware of it. I still think about it a lot and think about things and think about this particular uh, incident
1: in my rugby career. It's, it's so it seems like this was a very important moment. Oh, There was a few. It, it seems like there was also a lot of trauma yeah. that led to that oh, point. huge. Do you want to talk yeah. about that? What, what, uh, what are we about? I'll
2: go from the start. I was four years old, <coughs> excuse me, and um, I was never aware that my mom had epilepsy. So I was a four-year-old boy. Every morning, dad's off to work and all those kind of things. And uh, this particular morning, I sat on the, on the, next to the wall while my mom's having a bath, and she had a fit in the bath, and she, had, she drowned. I was four at the time. My sister was six, so I'm sitting there like, what's going on here? Next a dad walks in. So every single morning when dad went to work, get there, consistent behavior all the time, would phone home obviously no mobile phones in 1980, but would phone home, there was no answer and he knew something was wrong. So he walked, the door was open, two pieces of toast were popped out of the toaster, steam was coming out of the kettle, and my sister and myself standing like, and he's pulling my mom out of the bath, she had long dark hair, drag her body over to to the bedroom and trying to get all the water out and resuscitate, get out, get out, get out. So that was probably the first, traumatizing event in my life. And then, you know, dealing with that, the funeral, all those kind of things. And two weeks later, you know, my dad has to get back to work and start passing us around. Please have a look after Marius and Heidi, passing us to family members. And I was molested by an aunt at the age of four. So uh, that was, you know, very, very traumatizing for me. And I carried that pain with me for many, many years. And how I write in my book, The Process of My Relationships with Females Later On, because I first saw my mom's death as she left me, she dropped me. So I carried that pain, and then I was molested by a, a female two weeks after my mom's death, so I carried that pain. So later in life, I used sex as a weapon. You know, I was an international rugby player, and you know we all go out partying and clubbing like party like absolute animals. And I didn't care about people. I didn't care about especially females. I didn't consciously go out and have sex with women to hurt them. I just had no feeling no feeling whatsoever I enjoyed the moment you know, who doesn't like sex but I just had no feeling and that's why right my marriage fell apart because I brought in so much pain into my actual
1: marriage so you saw women as objects
2: not really as an object it's just I realised through my psychological help years later on that I just had no feeling I can honestly I'm from South Africa and seen really traumatising stuff violence and things like that and when I do public speaking, a lot of people don't understand. I can have a dead person lie next to me and have a meal, do my daily thing, and then I'll look after him because that's, that's the t- amount of trauma I've experienced in my life. So I had to be very conscious as a person to eliminate those feelings. You know, um, I sat back and I had to ground my, my feelings and my emotions there's a saying that I say I had to ground my feelings and my emotions to a fucking fine powder so that I could understand who I, wh- who I am as a human being. So when I met my ex-wife at the time, we were best friends. Still. We'd been divorced for four and a half years. She lives 500 meters from me, and we're best mates. We've never been to court and fought. I see my children every single day, and you know we're just great friends. But she was a psychologist, and when she met me, she's like, this is a beautiful guy, but he's fucked up. And through love, because I did not understand love, my dad abused me. My dad jumped on my head when I was 17 years old, beat me to a pulp And I was school captain of my school, played for the highest teams in South Africa as a schoolboy, but I was fucked up at home. So all these messages to my brain was like, you're amazing, but you fucked up. So I had to start figuring out where is life and what is life about, but I had to do that on my own. And that's what I teach people right now is everything that you've got that you need for your futures inside of this chest cavity you just need to make the choice to start finding yourself but the process is you have to surround yourself with good
1: you people think you've found yourself. oh yeah yeah you know yeah. who you
2: are I'm very conscious and very aware of myself the first thing I did is I found my true passion I t- found the reason why I've been placed on earth that's why I write in my book Standard, what is that? my passion is to impact people so I believe I've been put on this path I'm a Christian guy a lot of people are like why does God do this why does God let the floods happen in Toowoomba it's not God that does those things that is just human nature
1: how, many, how many minutes are we in good yeah, about 20 <laughs> 20, yeah, it's 20, 20 it's before, it's before the big, big G, G, word. Average, yeah, G word pops up don't yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, <laughs> you know, just,
2: God doesn't let bad things happen happen that is so I believe that is God real Oh, one hundred percent. What's God? Sorry, what's
0: God? Or who is God?
2: God is, um, you know, for me personally. A lot of people talk about faith and religion and all these kind of things. I've got a, re- I've got a relationship with God. You know, it, I, again, you know, I really ask you guys to read the book so you can really understand. For me, what what religion means? It's yeah. a relationship that I've got with God. But who's God? What is it? God for me is an Almighty creation. I mean, this. Earth will not be here for him, you know. For but is he a th- person? Uh it's not a person, no. Jesus Christ walked the earth mm-hmm. and he was the messenger on behalf of God. He was a good chippy too, I heard. Yeah, he was. He's well, he learned from his father Joseph. Yeah. So. There you go. He was a builder but too, wasn't he? All round Then boys. Jesus ran then. Jesus ran <laughs> not, the plains one day, he was yeah. upset with people and he threw all the furniture yeah. around. Got really upset. But you know, he was human as well. Um, so, um, yeah, for, for me, that is, I've got a pure relationship with, with Jesus.
0: And I find this really interesting. And I don't know if you've, you've, you've probably heard some of our podcasts mm. and we have this conversation a lot in regards to the G word. Yeah. Like I believe in karma. I believe in sort of sure. stuff, but I don't believe in God. Mm. And he's going to say, well, don't you? Mm. <laughs> it's, like, it's one of those things. And we've yeah. had this conversation backwards and forwards for years now is, mm. is the fact of you talk about God as in it's a bloke or a dude mm. or, or mm. a person or whatever, mm. but then you say it's not a person. Mm. So the irony of that is when you think about it, yeah. it's, it's, it's quite real.
2: True. What religion is or what Jesus or God is, it's, you have to take a step back yeah. and have true faith in making a decision. It's putting yourself out there because I haven't seen Jesus I haven't I haven't seen God but I've experienced him in a very very big way in a very big way and I write a very, I, I was diagnosed dyslexic at a young age because I had so much freaking trauma happen to my brain so I couldn't read and write mm. So when I started with my psychological help through Natasha, my ex-wife, she's like, hold on a second. We just need to get you help. But it's no use you run up to a person and say, you mad. You need a psychologist to fix you. Oh, fuck that. Then that fucking person <laughs> runs for the hills. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I got put in a, the right scenarios and right situations right, around the right people to set me up on a path to get to a psychologist. I walked into psychologist offices as a schoolboy. The lady would sit down, Marius, tell me what's wrong. And I'm like, I'm gonna fucking steamroll you, babe. And I would walk out the door. And my mom's like, "What's wrong?" I said, "I will steamroll this woman. Don't sit with me and tell me what's wrong. I need something alive, alive in my heart." And then I. So you knew
0: that at a young age. So were you were you spiritual or Christian or or faith at a young age? Mm. So when all this shit was happening to you,
2: Mm.
0: were were you a? Is it what's called? What's the word I'm after?
1: A Christian, eh? Are you saying how he felt? Or yeah, when,
0: yeah. It's like. Did he feel abandoned? Yeah, yeah. but like. like you, you say that, that God is. You've got to have true faith. But sure. then at the same time, did you feel like you were abandoned by this greater power at that yeah. period? That's the word I love. So like. Thanks, much.
2: Mate. You know, That's so it. much. So many times through my life, I'm like, why are you doing this to me, God? I swore at him. Like, fucking hell. What the? I had a huge motorbike accident when I was seven, 16 years old. So my father abused me extensively. My, my father no, fucked, physical me, abuse. fucked me up mm-hmm. big time. Not just a couple of beatings here and there. My dad, my dad went for me. Um,
1: what do you think that was? Do you think he was intimidated? Or?
2: You know what happens? I speak in my book about generational curses. My father was eight years old. His mom passed away. At the age of 12, he was molested as well. Um, I was four. My mom died. I was molested by a female. My dad was abandoned by his family. When his mom passed away, no one wanted him. But I think I came along and here's this guy. People, you go, oh, he's good looking. He's got got his own business. So people put me on a bit of a pedestal. I think I got put on a pedestal at a very, very young age because I, sh- I was an exceptional football player. And I think my dad took his frustrations out of me. My dad was a plumber.
0: you were better than him?
2: Sorry? Because he sees you as better you know, than One he? thing my dad said at a very young age, he said, Marius, if you just achieve more than I do in life, I'm proud of you. But he fucked me up extensively. My dad jumped on my head. I, people, I get messages at 2, 3 in the morning and people read my book and like, holy shit. So eventually at the age of 25, I walked away from my dad and I haven't seen him since. Because I believe everything that's negative in your life, you have to remove. Yeah, I agree with that. And unfortunately, my dad and my stepmom was in the firing line.
0: I was going to ask you that. Is that obviously, your mum passed away when you were four. Mm. Did, so your dad remarried? Dad remarried when I was six. And what was she
2: like? Amazing. Yeah? Amazing.
0: So was she that opposite taught, to what your dad was? She, she,
2: Very much so, yeah. She taught me... Everything about females, about life, manners, how to dress, how do you eat, knives and forks, all these kind of things. But at the age of 14, 15, she had an affair. And I cut her. And that's when my war started with her. She started hating me. Like despising me. My sister found out. Is that
0: because you hated her?
2: Oh, yeah. You know. I've been traumatized by females. Yeah, she's doing it again. Mm. A pattern, isn't it? And I cut it like that. So, my ex wife, her, uh, her mom was married, got divorced, went to Natasha's dad. They still married today, 45 years on. So, I got aware of this pattern of marriages breaking down, children in those marriages being messed up.
1: She was married to your dad. Who was that? Your stepmom. Yeah. And uh, your dad was kind of an abusive kind of guy,
2: never drank, never touched her. Her. I was the one he took it out on.
1: You think he, she, he was an easy bloke to live with? Or?
2: He was very depressed. And When I met Natasha, she obviously got a psychology degree and stuff like that. She said to me, your father has never gotten over your mom's death. Mm. For him to pull out of that bath, he was 25, 26 years old, mm. for him to pull out of the bath resuscitated my dad. So when... did
1: relive his mother's own death as 100%. well. There's right? all the trauma the face of that. percent And 100%. So I'm just trying to think about that context with mm. you, your stepmother having an affair. Yeah. I mean, it, we can paint that in a particular way or we could Correct. see that it was a very difficult yeah. relationship and 100%. she might have been Extremely looking... Extremely depressed. So she looked for... Some intimacy for or connection. intimacy elsewhere. Yeah. Wow, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, can you, do you think you could get to a place where you could find forgiveness there or...?
2: Oh, truly. With her... With my stepmom, yeah, uh, I've I've forgiven them one hundred percent, and I've set them free. So it's not something that when I I tell people when I put my head on the pillow at night, I sleep really well because I, you know, I had to make I had to make peace with my molester. Mm. I had to forgive her because that forgiveness is the only space where you move on in life. If you harbor these condemnations and aggression and hurt towards other people you're going to project that into your own life towards people that's coming into your life.
0: So you you speak of your molester. Was Mm. that your dad's sister? It was a family member, an Uh, aunt. Yeah, but the aunt. So was that mum's side or dad's side? That was dad's side. So she'd gone through obviously the trauma, same traumas Mm. that your dad had gone through as well.
2: And you won't believe what happened. So within patterns. I write in my book about forgiveness and how this, this, this pattern happens and all those kind of things. Natasha was pregnant with Joshua. He's now 11 years old. And yeah, you I know, started this brand New Jersey journey in life and all those kind of things. And, and I believe this is what God's done to me. He said, Maurice, you're ready? go on your journey. You know, international magazine business and all those kind of things. And in South Africa, we walk into woolies in South Africas. you buy really great food and good clothes and all yep. those kind of stuff in woolies, and I walk around the one aisle. My Melissa stood in front of me.
0: Wow. How old were you?
2: 20. I was 30 years old.
0: And how long since you'd seen her?
2: 25 years. And you knew who it was? That face you don't forget. And I walked and I looked at her and I was like, what the fuck do I do now? Aggressive Marius, I will take you out right now. Mm. Turned around. I walked to Tash. She was in a different aisle. I said, do you want to believe what's happened? She said, what? She's like, what's going on with you? I said, my Melissa's in the next aisle just, you know what to do. I turned around and walked up to her. I said, excuse me, do you know who I am? She said, sorry, I've got no idea. She looked at me. I was quite well known. I said, oh, I'm Harry's son, Marius. And I said to her, I forgive you and I've set you free. And this woman just burst into tears. I not know what to say. And I turned around and walked away. No anger. No, no feeling I think towards a bit her. I have tingly though. Yeah. Yeah. And I've set her free the because... the of Jesus there, brother. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. That's the only spirit that My just gosh. flushed you. I thought it was the fucking the air conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can say what you want,
1: but that's that's essentially Jesus' teaching right there, love and forgiveness. Right. So if you can look your enemy in the eye and say, hey, this is okay, yeah. and uh, and move forward, mm. that's that's what I, mean, I
0: think And don't get me wrong, I think it's a sensational thing mm. that you can actually do. Yeah, And I, I think that's, that's amazing. And as I say, it
1: makes you go all tingly yeah. And, yeah. and good on you. And <laughs> I believe... Have you ever had a moment where you've... Uh, Tried to have to forgive someone, Brett. I certainly have. Yeah. <laughs> how, how have you had? How, how have you dealt with it?
0: I, I, well, I got help, obviously, which was which was with yourself, and uh, I, I was really angry at my father, mm. um, and I then forgave him, and then we became. He, he passed away, mm. but in back in my body and soul, we became best mates again, yeah. and it was that same sort of feeling. And so, as you say, forgive and set free. Mm. It's interesting, yeah, isn't it? But the thing it's is, a tough one. It's a tough the one. thing
2: that's powerful.
0: If I can be able to confront that, that'd be right. fucking yeah. wicked.
2: Yeah. The thing that's powerful about forgiveness is if two people are ready, you with your dad, you guys fixed your relationship because he was ready. He was dead. Yeah.
0: Well. <laughs> so he was definitely ready, yeah. I suppose. He couldn't, yeah. couldn't come back. Yeah. He was over. <laughs> he, was over. <laughs> 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 he was over. But the,
2: the, the nice thing now is if – the situation with my father now. My boys are like, Dad, you, why don't you go back to your daddy? Why not he's not ready. Sent him you tell your boys, are you how oh, open, yeah. are you like? And my boys are around when I do a lot of public talks, yeah. and, and I'm and the a
1: beautiful v- thing about your story is you've stopped the transgenerational trauma. 100%. You've taken ownership of it. Yeah. You've forgiven it. You've moved on. He must be proud of that. But too. you haven't perpetuated, so and it could have quite yeah. easily, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. You're an aggressive guy. I mean, Correct. you could have quickly you know, slipped into that space, yeah. becoming and Natasha.
2: That, Natasha, myself, my ex-wife is. You know, we. She's obviously walked my journey with me for a long time. She knows me better than anybody else. The thing now about my divorce and after Natasha, we found a space where we actually better for one another, separate. And I asked, why you split up? I brought a lot of pain into my marriage. I'm sure, you I, did. I I a huge amount of, of trauma. trauma. Yeah. yeah, and eventually she cracked. Okay. Eventually she cracked, and I write one line. She also made a mistake. You know, she also went to go look for affection elsewhere.
0: Ah, there you go. You
2: know, so and that for me cut deep. What we've done was went for marriage counseling, had to forgive what's happened in there. I had to stand up, and I write extensively in my book about my journey as a man and the mistakes and the trauma that I brought in because 90% of our pain happens as kids in our childhood. And a lot of people do that- not know. Yeah, yeah, 90%. I'd
0: question that. Yeah. Seriously, I, I
1: would question that. I think we get deep-seated patterns that are triggered over and over and over again. So right. yeah, you're probably going to say the roots of trauma so in So it China. starts yeah.
0: there and then just gets worse.
1: Oh, you think about your neural network. When mm. you have set up, you know, you get uh, bitten by a snake. Mm. At a particular point, it kind of triggers you. And mm. all your back. events will be kind of be recorded around that and you'll be scared in certain situations well and drawn to certain situations. Mm. So your trauma is actually... Now, a lot of people that have sexual abuse or um, you know um, in domestic violence actually get drawn back into similar patterns yeah. because although you're repulsed by it, mm. it's kind of what you know. Mm. So you set up this kind of it's reoccurring a, it's a learned trial. behavior. Yeah. It, well, yeah, right. it's incredible
0: Whether did. that's good, bad, or ugly, it's still a learned behavior. No,
1: well, it? It? it's a conditioned behavior in mm. certain situations. Because
0: mm. yeah, yeah. I had a conversation the other day on a podcast. Actually, um, I'm writing a book at the moment called "Kids Aren't Born Assholes; They're Actually Taught to Become Assholes." 100. percent And it, it's all about. Um, nature versus nurture and the, and the, the situations you get put in. And one of the guys said to me, he turned around, he goes, your brain, and you'll know this better than I do, your brain from the age of zero to seven, you're in some fetal state or something, and that's where you pretty much learn all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And we'd just been talking about this nine-year-old kid who hung himself in the last few days. And he said, do you know why? And I said, why is that, mate? And he goes, we're talking about video games. Mm-hmm. And he goes, because at the moment, all these kids are playing video games, right. Yeah. And then when something goes bad or wrong, they get killed and then come back to life. Mm. And he goes, have a think about this. Wow. He goes, did that kid think, oh, fuck, I'm just going to be like that game. Restart. Hang out and restart. And I've just gone, fuck, I've never thought of that. Wow. And then you look at those things, like they're only young kids, they're all learnt behaviors. Like mm. we talk about like sexual abuse or, or abuse and stuff, and is that something you learn as a kid? And then you go, oh, fuck, that was all right for them to do.
1: So mm. I do it. Is that, is that what you mean by the patterns? I, know I said three different things at once there, but.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah, well, everyone experiences their own formation. And we talk about neural networks and pruning and plasticity. How long does that last? Is that forever? Yeah, well, yeah. we used to think it was from zero to seven and you were set in a particular way, but the fact is the brain can continue to, to evolve and change. So but it, it takes it? seven, takes work. Oh, yeah. Well, it takes forgiveness. It takes it critical okay. moments mm-hmm. where you face up to the past and you'd mm-hmm. make new choices and you've got to continually make those new choices. Mm-hmm. The old pattern still threads in there, yeah. I think. Uh, You're fine now, you,
0: every now
2: and then we'll still snap. I don't snap anymore. I've changed my behavior so much. When I played football, it was a very egotistic, maniac sport. So you take a depressed human being that's been fucked up his whole life, put him on a rugby field, put alcohol in his mouth, he, became, he becomes a monster. Mm. And tell him, go and beat the fuck out of that bloke. Dude, I would <laughs> coach physios around the field, put the earphones in my ear. Maurice, coach, take number seven out. Cool. Bam. We are walking to nightclubs and I, became, I, was, I found out years later I was so scared. We'd walk into nightclubs and a bouncer would just – that's lions, testosterone, Walk in a nightclub and with 15 guys. I was the known as the bad boy. Bouncer looked me up and down. I walk straight up to him and said, dude, I will freaking kill you right here. Years later, I found out I was so scared actually to be, be hurt again. So I would go and attack. Now my life has changed and evolved so much. Look, but make no mistake, I, st- I still think <laughs> – Let's do it. Once a quarter, I'll flip.
0: Okay. And when you yeah. say flip, though, is it as not as much of a flip as it was last quarter? No. Do you find your flips get less? You know, no. I, don't, I won't. I think I'm human.
2: I
1: lose my temper well. Well, It's
0: like an alcoholic who doesn't drink and then all of a sudden we will go back on the thing. So is that right? the old thread.
1: Correct. And what we said is he's changed okay. his behavior. Mm. Yeah, he yeah, can yeah. manage it, but mm. those old tendencies still occur. Mm. They occur less, and he's got neuro, other mm. neuro patterns now of love and compassion and forgiveness, mm. but they're sometimes overridden by that old pattern that has mm. a deep root in childhood. It's
0: like yeah. turning your uh, steering wheel well, or you a know, chip stop thing.
1: At the same time, as he said, sometimes i would still lose my shit mm. and don't get me wrong. I could mm. go off like a caged animal at any moment. Mm. Yeah. He had a little smirk on his face. A yeah. certain part of his ego yeah. is still yeah. attached to I'm, right. a, I'm a monster. Oh, yeah. I can be a monster. I, I carry... choose I choose not to be. But I but can. Give me the oh, right I've context and I will tear yeah. your head off your yeah. shoulders and shit down your throat. <laughs> that's that's you know, that thing. thing, I... thing. It's one... a thing. You've still got it. Yeah, yeah, I've still yeah. got it. Yeah, yeah. What is it? It's a yeah. thing that hangs around. It's yeah. a part of who we are. But Does it ever go away? It can. Mm. But yeah. you've got to get past just changing your behavior. You've got to get past the idea that it's okay to do that.
0: How can it go away? If it's an if it's a what do you call it for a new
1: neurological Uh, thing? certain situations, Brett, that you give your permission, you give yourself permission to be violent. Mm. Okay. Is it? Yeah,
0: yeah, fucking know. Okay.
1: Mm. Certain situations, big fella over here does Mm. as well. That's that's permission to act in that particular way. So that just keeps that neural network alive. And are they learned behaviors? Like
0: what's, we're talking? what's your experience? Well, I, I think they are, I, yeah. I, and that's the reason I asked the question because I actually think they are. Like you, have you, to teach you were your saying, you have no, originally, it's a it's hardwired?
1: Oh yeah. Come on, you come from Africa.
2: Yeah, you can teach your brain.
1: Elephants and lions just yeah. grow up knowing what they need to do.
2: Well, hundred yeah. percent. But that's if you become <laughs> aware, cool. if yeah. you become aware of situations, make yourself aware.
1: Hey, 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 it's coming.
2: Turn the other way. Not well, even
1: going even so that's changing the behaviour. Correct. But if we get down to the impulse mm. where it's like, oh, that's I feel, I nice. I feel that. Oh, yeah. you looked at me the funny way, yeah. and now I want to. Oh. You yeah. said that with
0: a South African <laughs> accent. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Did you <laughs> notice that? No. I went into the apple crunch, man.
1: I went into Arnie. I <laughs> oh, your head sorry. off. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, was Annie not South African? know, one thing I'd, I I I get <laughs> I get crazy <laughs> for.
0: I don't know,
2: Somebody hoots at me.
0: Hoot. What's hoot? Oh honk's the horn. Honks the horn. Oh, okay.
2: I don't like today, I went to go get some milk. I've got a nice coffee machine at home, so I make my own coffee and stuff. At the at the traffic light, green arrow,
0: dude,
2: I looked into my mirror and I'm like, <laughs> Marius, it's it's okay. It's all good. Zen, you know?
0: So what, what hooted you in the past? Can can you go back now I and don't go know. What the fuck was the original hoot that
1: made me go? I,
2: I just, just I'm
1: just thinking to myself. Well, a boiling jug in the background while your mother's drowning in a bath might be a beginning. I'm just wondering whether it's a sound. Do you know what it is, or whether it's actually the fact
2: that they're frustrated? Mm. You know what my thinking is. Why don't you just relax? It's a beautiful day outside. Why do you need to honk? Then your next thought
1: is, I will fucking teach you to your heart out. (laughs) <laughs> Actually uh, what happened was um, I jumped out of the car uh, I slammed yeah, the yeah, door yeah. I beat the fuck out I of the car I picked up the car I threw it in the fucking canal <laughs> And you will fucking relax now And yeah. everybody else Just relax yeah. Two I, think
2: I got married uh, 2005 2005 I became a reborn Christian Stopped it. I was playing football oh, come on I have to I can't yeah. let that go What's a reborn Christian? Is if you a lot of people walk earth as Christians, read the Bible, go to church. They've got no experience of the Holy Spirit. Okay. So I, I write in my book, Tasha and myself were married for six months. Got her a crash course, split up. She moved out of home. I went to my sister on the farm, sat down with my brother in law. I was busy training for my first ever Ironman. Just retired from football, I had no identity. Because as soon as you leave rugby, it's like a door that closes, mate's gone. All these 15 guys you used to party and drink and socialize with, they are gone because they're still playing. And um, I went to the farm, sat down with my brother-in-law and my sister, and I said, Maurice, look, this is the process. This is the process. This is how you give your life to the Lord. And I went back home on the Sunday. Tash was gone. just moved out. And I closed all the curtains, and I said, Lord, I do not stand up from here unless I have a surreal experience in meeting with you. And I promise you, I started praying and stuff, and I've had, I saw angels, I spoke in tongues, I spoke different stuff, and I was like, what the hell? Were you
0: drinking at
1: the yes,
2: time? I stopped drinking when I stopped footy. I got engaged. And this is
1: called Pentecost. What's called? Pentecost. Kind Pentecost. Of room. Mm. They talk in tongues, have yeah, visions, angels, yeah. very big. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of angelistic yeah. Christianity, yeah. isn't it?
2: I, I had a surreal experience of the Holy Spirit that night, spoke in tongues, all that kind of stuff. Phone Tash the next day said, I'm not divorcing you. This is not an option. We'll make this work. And we went through six months of marriage counseling, met my psychologist, and he said to me, Marius, you can't read and write properly. The Bible is not going to do anything for you because I read three lines and I'm like, what do I read five seconds back? And he said, Ask God to reveal Himself to you, what He wants for your life, where do you want to go, all these kind of things. And then it started. I started flushing with dreams visions, where my life's going, what do I need to do. And that's where I I wrote the book. God said, Marius, you are going to talk on stages with thousands of people. People are going to stand up because they don't want to hear your story. It's too hard. It's too direct. They're going to stand up and leave, and these rooms will just start filling and filling and filling. People will put their ears on the windows because they just want to hear your voice. And that's how it all started. One first thing was how to get rid of alcohol. Then second thing was fix the brain because my brain. We haven't just
0: fucked that up by giving you beer, have we? Uh, no, no, no. Oh, about something.
2: Now <laughs> I started drinking again about four years ago. I drink wine. I have a beer. I'm in control of alcohol now. It doesn't control me. Hearing your brother. Yeah, that's that's who I am now.
0: We call it the third beer. Yeah, and and with that it comes the first one. You bang it back. Yeah. The second one you sort of mm. half bang it back, but the mm. third one you can just
2: done. Yeah,
0: I enjoy wine now.
2: It's, it's you're getting old. Get a, you're correct. I'm an old one. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the first thing. Just get
1: better with age, mate. Just right, get right. age. Right. <laughs> so I kept second, telling everyone.
2: The second thing was to fix the brain because mm. all the trauma, all the head knocks, abuse, all these signals that the brain got out of so many years was messed up. So we had to rewire this. First step was psychologist, clinical psychologist. We had to fix you with medication. I was seven years on antidepressants. But through exercise, I became a, a sports scientist, nutritionist. I had two p- bouts of tumors in my body, a testicular and pancreatic tumors. So I had to fight that as well. I got to a stage 2010, 11, first time ever I wanted to commit suicide because I just couldn't. It's like, God, why are you doing this to me?
1: First time, mate. This is the first time I think we're going to have to do number 2 mm. I feel like uh we've just scratched the surface with this podcast, so <laughs> you feel okay. that yeah, I feel yeah. like we haven't really covered a lot and will you come back and, and oh, join us again one hundred percent we crack it up Love for it another too. two because then we we can we can Fine-tune go to, it. go deeper I, into what the story. I'd really like,
0: and and it's really interesting because all these patterns and all this stuff and I know I know my view on Christianity and God and all that sort of stuff, but at the same time... Well,
1: I'll I'm not sure you do. Oh, We've fuck, I'm sorry. Well, he's a closet. Yeah. So nope, he's a closet, um, yes. I am that. Come on, <laughs> anyway, come on. However... Dana, give me a hug. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? <laughs>
0: however, <laughs> I, I find it really interesting that I'm sitting opposite this massive unit, these big blokers and rugby players, this, right. is that. Now he's got all this shit under control. He's, his ex-missus is now his best mate. He's, what about the kids? How are the kids? they? good, eh? How fucking good are kids?
2: The thing with me is I've become very soft and kind and gentle. Tash, myself, we were dating. One day, she says, oh, well, you know, once we are married, we will have kids. I was like, kids? I don't want children. Kids represent fucking pain to me. Mm. She said, don't you want children? I said, no. Stop the car. She said, get out. We broke up for three months while we are still dating. I went back to my family and they are all sitting. Maurice, you'll be an exceptional father. You'll be an amazing dad. That's my biggest attribute today. I'm an exceptional dad. I'm very conscious. I'm very aware. You're an
0: exceptional dad.
1: Exceptional dad.
0: I'm an exceptional dad now. I was an asshole for a long time. I stuff up. But you know Mm. what? But that's not a bad thing. God forgives me my sins
2: and he doesn't carry judgment. Josh and Luke, if daddy makes a mistake, I'm sorry. We cannot carry that judgment towards each other.
1: Okay. Cool. I believe 80% of parenting parenting or being a father is just showing up.
0: Mm. (laughs) That's...
1: I tell this story about how I was there, because I'm addicted to my mobile phone. I do a Mm. lot of business, do
0: all that sort Mm. of stuff. Mm. And my little fella said, Dad, can I tell you this? Can I show you that? And it's like, mate, in a minute. I said, no, fuck, stop. You're an idiot. Put your phone down. Mm. Yeah, buddy. What are we looking at? Mm. Look at the picture I did.
2: Oh, what's
0: that? That's fucking awesome.
2: Eye contact.
0: And they sit there. Mate, that day is a year. Like me, giving three minutes out of my day for something I should be given a lot more time with. Yeah. Fucking ridiculous. What I want to do, though, mate, can we bring you back and we have a chat further? I want to chat about all the other shit. I want to chat about the black dog. Massive, uh, massive subject, obviously, that affects a lot of people. And at the same time, I'm going to read your book before we catch up, so then I can actually say, hey, read the book. I might skim through it, but that's my reading anyway. That's quick. It's a quick read, <laughs> but mate, I really, so much appreciate you thank coming you. in. Thanks, so um, much The for last thing we always, honesty, mate, I want to thank, thank you for fuck your. Truth. I can't wait for round two. Round two is going to be awesome. Round two, let's muscle up. I, um, what we always do at the end of the podcast, mate, we have a quick look at the beer. We go through and go, well, great northern, mate. Here's to the people in Townsville at the moment. They're going through a tough time yeah. up in Northern Queensland. We do wish them
1: all the best. Um, we, when I was in Townsville for the last cyclone. We, oh yeah. we lost power for three for four days. Wow. And so I'm 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 with the uh with the crowd up there. I've got a few people that have been moved out of the houses. But yep. something amazing happens when you get flooded out. Lights stop working. People fire up the barbecues. Mm pregnancies go through the roof <laughs> barbecues <laughs> come out <laughs> the, kid, the kids have a good time yeah. the whole the whole city stops so i know there's a lot of trauma a lot of drama up there but people are getting in and helping their neighbors and and being bloody good people right now up in Townsville. so right. to the great northern that's right. where northern. I i'm drinking with you right. a, Northern Australia. Cheers, cheers everyone cheers up there eh? Right?
0: cheers, cheers. Cheers, boys. Thanks again for coming in, buddy. Thank you. Mate, we do have a quick rating out of ten. I'm going great northern an eight. It's a good, good, solid beer. Yeah, I'm an eight and a half. I like it. What about yourself, maybe. bud?
2: Uh, I need a sponsor for my rugby club, so I'm gonna give it a nine point eight. Nine
0: point eight? Yeah.
2: <laughs> Through the roof.
0: Through the roof. Through <laughs> the roof. Brother. I Excellent. enjoy it. Marius, enjoy. we look forward yeah. to round two. Thank you. And uh, let's make that happen soon. Fantastic. Fantastic. Thanks, Thanks, buddy. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Bye. Cheers. See you, brother.